Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We are so glad you could join us this morning. We are recording from Plainfield Christian Science Church, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we welcome you all. We'll begin with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 16 of Miscellaneous Writings. Here then is the awakening from the dream of life in matter to the great fact that God is the only life, that therefore we must entertain a higher sense of both God and man. We must learn that God is infinitely more than a person or finite form can contain, that God is a divine whole and all, an all-pervading intelligence and love, a divine infinite principle, and that Christianity is a divine science. This newly awakened consciousness is wholly spiritual. It emanates from soul into the body and is the new birth begun in Christian science. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you. Watching point. Watch number 374. Watch that you keep a constant hold on your lifesaver in science, which is your privilege to give mentally to others and to the world. One who has made himself indispensable to his fellow man by giving will certainly find such activity to be in the nature of a life preserver. It is possible to feel that as long as we make ourselves useful to God by giving, he will preserve our life on earth until our work is done and we are ready to move on to our next assignment. Surely we must pass on from God's standpoint in order to avoid passing on from man's standpoint. It is the passing on of our good to others that God demands. Our progress in science must be forward, outward and upward. Our ship must have speed and yet be seaworthy. We cannot establish a conception of God that is greater than our application of that understanding. The rule is to spiritualize our own thought as we grow in the ability to handle error and then apply this growth to helping others to free ourselves from, to free themselves from falsity. As long as we are givers, we need not fear that we will pass on. But if we live so selfishly that it would make very little difference to the world whether we passed on, we have little basis from which to trust that our stay on earth is under divine protection and law. Mrs. Eddy once wrote to Mr. Kimball, Quote, the truth that is good is your life, and doing good, you sustain it, but fearing evil, you lose it. End quote. Thank you. Comments on that? Well, it's certainly a recipe on how to have a long, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was grateful for that line, our progress in science must be forward, outward, and upward, because it seemed to coincide with that definition of consecration from Herbert Reiki. Yes, thank you. That's a good recipe for having a life, period, isn't it? Yes. Well, and you know, the one who wrote this, Gilbert Carpenter, I, I believe it was Reg Carey who told us he lived to be, I believe, a hundred, yeah. And when he was ready to go, he sat in a chair by the window and he instructed um, his helper there to get him a cup of tea, I think. And when she came back, the window was open and he was gone. I think his body was still there, but he had passed on very quietly and simply like that. So he lived these words, and he knew the truth of them. And it is so true. When you've got God's work to do, he'll keep you here doing it in in good shape. Um, You need to understand how to handle animal magnetism, however, because it's to try to get you to stop your good work. But once you understand that and understand that there's no power but the power of God, then you're, you are free like a bird to continue your work until, well done, that, that good and faithful servant, until you're done and ready to, to move on easily, not, um, yeah. not some nice demise. <laughs> I was going to say, most recently, I kind of had about think about Jim Dibble, but, uh, how he lives his life, the commitment of God, especially to the work of the Bedford Church. He did a wonderful job. I mean, I can't describe it. What can do him better? The mother wants to work for our church for a very long time. Thank you. Very, very long time. Full of joy. He never missed a service, a watch a round table, a Bible study. He was always giving and cheerful. Um, and he lived he lived alone. I've told this story before, but he, you know, was planning to move to Arizona with his wife and she passed on a little before they were planning to leave and he moved there by himself, made friends everywhere he went and was just a joy. And it, it's because of him he he left his he left a wonderful blessing for our church in his will. And because of that, we're going to be able to um, do more things, things that perhaps we weren't able to do because of the lack of funds. Jeremy's going to, what, improve our our, uh, microphones and everything? Yeah, we're getting all new microphones and and trying to just upgrade the whole thing because a lot of that stuff's been in there well before I came, so. <laughs> old. And in other ways, to bless to bless the whole world, we've been doing everything freely, and, and God has blessed us. He knows our heart. Because he knows our heart, he has blessed us. And with that blessing, we can bless others as well. I love the watching point last, excuse me, not the watching point, the watch message last night. Um, from miscellaneous writings. Forget self in laboring for mankind. Then you will woo the weary wanderer to your door, 
win the pilgrim and stranger to your church and find access to the heart of humanity. That is so deeply stirring. I, and this is, this is what that watching point was about. Um, Carpenter has also said, Mr. Carpenter has also said that um, these, this watching together, this praying for the world, is a Christian scientist's life insurance. And he said, you cannot be working for the world and not be incredibly blessed yourself. You cannot be handling the problems of the world and not be handling, handling them also for yourself. And again, because he lived it, he lived this long life. His dear son passed on early, and I think that was because he was so upset over being excommunicated and what was done to them. But Carpenter rose above it, as did Eustace. We know Eustace, too, lived a long, long life teaching fulfilling his godly purpose on this earth. And thank God for that. And the other thing I wanted to share with you, um, this is something that Lainey, our dear member in England, she, she was in America, but she moved to England, and she joined their, their watching group there. And she described it a little bit to me in, a, um, in an email to me. She said, this was a few weeks ago she wrote this, but she said, last night's Zoom call at 8 p.m. for the reading of the unity message was joyful and filled with light. I am grateful beyond words. And then she said there were five in, in attendance, and then there were four others who couldn't ten, attend that night. But so that means nine of them were gathering and a Zoom call. And they began with the Lord's Prayer, and then the watch was read, and then they had a little conversation regarding the watch, and then they expressed gratitude for all that was given by the early workers in, in science and also for Plainfield. And um, it was just, I guess, just a wonderful, loving, happy experience. And I'm so glad that uh, it was Izzy in England who started this little group so they could be, because England at the time we do the nights at watch, we do our watches at night, therefore it's hard for um, them to join us. So now they have their own little group. So thank you for that, Lainey, that description, and thank you all in England who are doing the watches. We appreciate it. All right. So our lesson today is on the subject of life. And do you read the golden text, Lil? Your life is hid with Christ in God. <laughs> right, and Jeremy, you wrote on the forum about that. Yeah, I, um, the, the moment I read it this week, all I could think about was how Mary has said that, you know, certain books such as uh, precepts, Mary Baker Eddy, or spiritual precepts by Gilbert Carpenter, they don't mean anything unless you're actively here living this science. And it started giving me a different sense of what this line, you know, could mean or another meaning of it. And, um, you know, certainly I've noticed since coming here, the world seems more beautiful. <laughs> you know, there's so much more promise and opportunity than I ever, ever thought there was. So just that idea that, 
that our life is hid with Christ and God is just it's been a really wonderful thing to, to contemplate this week. Thank you. And, and what does it mean that your life is hid? That could seem a little to some people, couldn't it? Well, I mean, to me, it means that it has nothing to do with the world, our real life. Yeah, I mean, Mrs. Eddy says somewhere, um, you know, hidden to the world, but known to God. Um, that's a paraphrase. Okay, it's a quote. <laughs> but yes, our lives, aspects of our life, might seem hidden to the worldly-minded or the materialistic, but the Christly thought recognizes it and appreciates it. Um, you know, so they, go ahead. No, Mrs. Eddy says in page 492 of Science and Health that for right reasoning, there should be but one fact before the thought, namely spiritual existence. And I think we should all learn this. In reality, there is no other existence. Since life cannot be united to its unlikeness, mortality. And I think what Mrs. Ricky writes about, or Mr. Ricky has himself, about life in Christ, the spiritual existence, which you start to know it from this new birth, that our life is spiritual, not material. And we shouldn't think of ourselves as this material being with all the suffering that goes with it. And so if we learn that, it's a good thing to begin to practice it, seeing yourself as God sees us. Life in Christ. Yes, the um, Rikis both wrote articles on immortality. Herbert Rikki, the second part of the um, association addresses, second association address on the veto, one about veto, and then there's one about immortality which we, we are printing and we will sell for anyone who wants a paper copy for $8, and that includes postage. And then also Dorothy Rickey wrote one, and um, Karen recorded it and on the carousel this week. So, and, and all of the Rickey addresses are, are available at Bookmark, so you can buy them there if you like. And they, they do. They say a lot of wonderful things. And, and we learned here, too, about being hid in Christ. You know, people think they know you, right? Especially people in your past. They think they know you. Or maybe people think they can read you, which is actually clairvoyance. So, um, and, and people do try to practice that, try to figure, figure you out in some way. No, 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 not when you're hid in Christ. They can't. Um, Mrs. Evans used to tell us, once we've grown and, and have changed in this truth, we're putting on the old man for the new. You are hid with Christ. They do not know you anymore. People in your past who think they know you and say, aha, well, she's going to do this, or, you know, she won't last here, or she'll, she'll break down sooner or later. I know what she's like. All this kind of garbage, 
No, 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 no. You're hid in Christ. They can't find you. They don't know you. And that's why you must have your guard up when you are with people, especially from your past, who think they know you. They don't know you. You're in God. You're a new creature in God. All they can know about you is your perfection. And it's why it is very important to radiate and not to absorb. Shut out the material clamoring, you hear the still small voice. 
the Bible tells you the battle is not yours but the Lord's. Beat every problem that comes up as its master, knowing that that which has been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requires that which is past. This implies that nothing which is not good can remain permanent in consciousness. But like that was the waters passing away. Thank you. Yeah, it's very important. I liked what Zary said. You can't move forward until you've given up your past. It's impossible. You're always thinking about it or turning back to it. How can you make progress? Only the good was true about your past, and I know there's good to everyone's past. You claim the good is God operating in your life. And the other was no more than a dream that best not told. Let it go. A bad dream. Let it go. The waters of truth wash it away. And I think that that's what it means in the Bible when it says you must give your give the past to God. Absolutely. The Lord requires it, right? Yeah. The Lord requires your past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In an, an article that Carrie had sent me on the Skyward Flight, it was about a, a little bird who was flying low and a dog was chasing him. <laughs> so it, he was in a precarious position until he did what? Flew higher. Flew higher. Flew higher. And, and uh, this person, Caroline Shrewsbury, her name, says, our safety always lies in rising up into the spiritual heights of mind and dwelling there in conscious understanding of the allness of God. Let's talk about that a lot. Father's house, the allness of God. In Paul's epistle to the Colossians, we read, your life is hid with Christ in God. Then era cannot enter this domain of spirit. Well, in that consciousness, the scientific statement of being, the allness of God, error cannot touch you, can't find you. You're exempt from it. You're in the Father's house, and it's such a beautiful, wonderful place to be. Know why anyone would want to leave it? <laughs> so, it's just hard. Your negative or fearful thinking starts dragging you down. So, stay in the Father's house and be hid with Christ, God. All right, now the responsive reading was about Melchizedek. Does anyone want to speak to that? Um, Carolyn, and thank you, Carolyn, in Canada, there is a short little article about him in the Martha Wilcox book on page 345. But you all can read if you want to know more about it. What was the significance I think Jasmine wrote about that on the forum. Okay, well, okay, I can read it if you want. Sure, at least part of it. Yeah, she says that Melchizedek is historically connected with immortal life in scripture. Who Melchizedek was is not made clear yet. Symbolically and biblically, he personifies soul consciousness, today spoken of as Christ consciousness or Christian science. Melchizedek symbolizes man's true identity or divine self. Abraham is connected in spirit with Melchizedek, 
through his consecration to truth. He is referred to as the high priest of the order of Melchizedek. He pays homage and surrenders to Melchizedek, the spirit of God within. I think that really in a nutshell says it. What the true identity, the divine self of man. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. Now, in those days, what did they think about the priests? But priests were highly regarded, but also that was how you, they were the ones who could connect to God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not everyone else could. And, and that's how Deck showed that that's not true. And certainly Christ Jesus came to show we are all priests unto God, right? All priests unto God. Yes. All have that connection. He broke those binding chains. And then I love where it says, um, who is made not after the, the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. So beautiful. He proved his immortality and um, Melchizedek. Proved it for all mankind. And then the next priest of that order was, of course, Christ Jesus, who proved to us all we have this connection with God. All of us do. We don't need an intercessor. Intercessor, thank you. And Abraham recognized it, and he kind of got it away, and and enabled Abraham, effectively the father of Israel, right? The Israelites. They, you know, some of them recognized. That is why he's born of all group of the Israelites who held on to that faith on God and the spiritual God, the real God. A lot of Israelites um, drifted from that and didn't recognize Christ. But some of them did. That was where God was able to prosper his begotten son. In, in the Herbert Rieke article, um, page 73, he writes, The Bible says that Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Levi. Hear what the book of Hebrews has to say on this. Quote, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. End quote. If we hope to accomplish very much in Christian science, we too must realize that we are not mortals, priests after the order of Levi, but priests after the order of Melchizedek. 
without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God. If you see yourself as a mortal, having begun a few years ago, you cannot do very good healing work in Christian science. But if you identify yourself with the eternal, if you are a priest after the order of Melchizedek, there is no limit to your accomplishment. Then on page 189 of Miscellaneous Writings, this is Eddie writes, The meek Nazarene, steadfast and true knowledge, excuse me, the meek Nazarene's steadfast and true knowledge of pre-existence of the nature and inseparability of God and man made him mighty. And Abraham rejoiced to see his day. Yes, he did. <laughs> and so we too, and that's why this idea of our immortality, life without beginning and without end is so important. And it, we might find it hard to understand it, but we, we keep working at it. And then you do get a greater understanding of it. And you feel this sense of oneness with God, and you had no beginning and you will have no end. And it is known, this is partly, not mainly, why Jesus could accomplish such great healing work, because he knew this. And his disciples understood it a little bit. And Mary Baker Eddy, of course, understood it. And a lot of people, through the years, through the ages, have gotten a glimpse, a good understanding of this truth, and they've been able to do tremendous healing work. So we can ask ourselves, well, did Abraham rejoice to see my day? <laughs> I think this is, this is why Jesus... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying how Jesus, in our example, Jesus gives it plainly, how he, when he was asked, is this your mother and your brethren? And he said, those who do the will of the Father. So we, we emulating that can, can also be um, living as Jesus lived. Not, not, no sense of mortality, which is really very impressive. It's hard to do, but we, tr we, tr we do our best to get there. Yeah. And the reason Hello. that it that way is because it's the truth. Go ahead, Ingrid. Uh, uh, hi. For uh, some of the things that you said, uh, I was reminded of that great article, Immortality Brought to Light, and it, it talks so much about many of the things that we are talking about here. I just wanted to share that. Immortality Brought to Light, and if someone knows the author, uh, it escapes me now. It's Dorothy Ricky. It's not our dear. Okay. Yeah, we, we did talk about it earlier. Um, yeah, it's on our carousel. Karen recorded it. So you can mm -hmm. listen to it. And I guess yes, we have the written as well, right? The written's there as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ingrid. Yeah. Thank you. It's important to me to say that's what the whole science is all about. The life of the 
he made known to to his disciples that before Abraham was, that he was. Which means he wasn't actually born that day on the way to to the census. He was already in existence, which he was just like when he said it. He has no beginning. that he has no ending when he resurrected from dead. Thank you. I think we all can make that claim as well. And just make you have to make sure that we're working to right. work as well. <laughs> right. Thank you. Well, yeah, and Jesus proved it to be the truth. Yeah. And we can be so grateful, you know, doing that. But it's the truth about all of us. And that's the beauty of this. That's what Mrs. Eddy discovered, is that this is a science. There is a science to God and God's creation. And, and we are part of it. And if, and if we, we love the truth, which is to say we love God more than all else, then we can, in fact, prove it for ourselves and prove it to others. And what a life that would be, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what a life. A life more of harmony than all the suffering. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, and like the first citation in Science and Health says, we should remember that life is God, and that God is omnipotent. And think about think of what that means. This life that you are, you have a life. And what this means to me is that my life has no end. Because God is my life, and God is on this. Therefore, there that can take or hinder my life. The song talks about life not having a beginning or an end, and he says that in Christian science, infant is born of the spirit, born of God, born of the spirit, born of God, even if even though we've seen material birth, we should be thinking of anyone, everyone, as born of spirit and born of God. I looked up the word remember, and um, it said to have in the mind an idea which had been in the mind before and which recurs to the mind without effort. So to me, that told me that to remember something means I've always known it. So remember what you've always known, which means I've forever. I have known it from everlasting to everlasting. So that also indicates that, well, then I've, I've been around. My life is, is I've, I'm eternal. I'm spiritual. I, I've always known this. I just need so to me, that word was important in that sentence when, that you mentioned. Beautiful. And that's why often I will say, remember this or remember that when writing people. Because it is a, it is a matter. You've known it. You just have to recall it. And that also mm-hmm. relates to, in science and health, if delusion says I've lost my memory, contradiction, no faculty of mind is lost. So that that's, that's 
way, um, Carrie sent another beautiful article about someone who was having a terrible problem with memory and, and had to learn this. Uh, not a matter of trying to memorize everything. It's, it's just recalling what you already know, bringing to light what's already there, and it, it'll come to you. And that, that is the importance of knowing God is your mind. You're not subject to brain and dysfunction, but mind, the capital M, you know that all the time, first thing in the morning and during the day. And also, God is life, first thing in the day and throughout the day, as Gary beautifully explained what that means. And it, yes, God is your life and omnipotent. So you have no enemies, have no disease, have no troubles, because your your life is in God. Perfect there. You have no memory loss either. This is such a good point, and this is also one of the reasons why Christian science comes so naturally to young children. Because they've, already, they've always known it. And if we would stop educating them away from it, The human race a lot better off. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why our science school is so invaluable, so important. Because it, because it reinforces for our children what is already naturally in their, in their consciousness. You know, the movie we are watching last night, that may not be exactly how it happened during the gym. But I learned a big lesson out of that part of the movie where Chosen. Yeah, yeah he's watching the chosen. Yeah. Well, he, uh, <laughs> that. But it seems like somebody had this inspiration from God that Jesus probably was they don't have the same understanding. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry, do you want to tell us about righteousness for a moment? Oh, sure. Oh, thank you. Uh, part of a happy life is having seeking righteousness, like in the Beatitude. Blessed are, are those who are hunger and thirst after righteousness. And I looked it up. And it's, it's purity of heart, honesty and virtue. And these are all things that we can seek every day to be living our Christ, with our Christ, uh, every single day. Thank you. Yes, because in the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. So as we live the best life we can, this constant unfoldment, that beautiful quote from the Red Book by Mrs. Eddy, Instead of being bound for the grave, we must know we are on the eternal road of life that has no sense of death. Picture that eternal road of life. That's what you're on. It's not even the sense of death. 
And there was one other thing before I get into I want to talk about. Okay, but one about um, light in, in 7 in the Bible where Jesus said, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. And an article, More Light, by William D. McCracken, he says, a special injunction rests upon Christian scientists to reflect the light, lest darkness again settle upon the earth, and the footprints of former reformers be swept away by a returning tide of the restless sea of error. Jesus once said to his disciples, and that quote um, I just read. So this is so important for us is why we must keep our light shining. As long as the light is shining, the error can't come. Um, he also says, humanity cries for more light, yet in reality, the light of truth is here, and the ultimate is always at hand. The ultimate, the ultimate of this science is at hand. It just needs to be more fully demonstrated. And the experience of spiritual progress may be described as that of emerging into light, leaving the darkness of the world. Um, oh, it's just so important that we do this and, and keep this light because it is a warning. If we don't, the era comes, right? The era tries to come over. It can't as long as the light is shining. Even yeah. Even Mrs. Eddy's, she was having, whenever she had difficulties, she would go to her textbook, the book that she supposedly wrote, because she knew that God wrote it. And she would study the textbook. And that is also in the article, too, because it says, well, how do you get light? Someone asked, well, how do you get light? And the psalmist David says, uh, thy word is a, a lamp unto me, right? To so that's that you're studying the word and that illumines you. It lightens your your consciousness. Our textbook prose works and the Bible. That's why study them daily. Treasure them. The word of God which will enlighten your path. The lamp unto you. Someone uh, and, else? And, oh, it's just Craig. I realize that, that light has to be defended. The only... The only uh, <clears throat> what the uh, enemy can do is to darken, let you, if you ever accept the darkness, then it's got a foothold. So the light is so, so important daily. You keep that joy, that light, that comprehension of God's presence. Otherwise, y you know, you're not in full. Yes, very much. So you're not fooled by the lies of darkness. That's why, again, you. That's why the word is a lamp. That's why our children need to study the word, so they will not be fooled by the dark lies that try to make sense. Now, Psalm Establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. 
Big Del Young says a lot about beauty. He says there won't be one ugly thing in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and I mean, that's true, and we know what a true beauty is in science and health. It is, uh, it is soul, Mrs. Eddy says, more soul and less sense. And a friend can never seem less than lovely because of, of the qualities that friend expresses. And in this beautiful article put in a magazine, Truth's Loveliness by Jesse Wood, it says this, a young lady in conversation with a Christian scientist was bemoaning her plain face and lack of personal charms. The scientist said, I think I can help you along that line. I have a recipe for beauty at home and I use myself that I use myself and have never known it to fail. I will email it to you. The next day, the young lady received the following, quote, for the lips, truth. For the eyes, compassion. For the voice, prayer. For the hands, charity. For the heart, love. For the figure, uprightness. Apply freely and faithfully. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It's so true. And I love it. The whole thing is just about truth, but she writes, truth illumines mortal consciousness as light dispels darkness, radiating its beams divine, the darkened chambers of the human heart, and permeating the musty corners with sweet odors of frankincense and myrrh. Christ Jesus said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If Pontius Pilate realized the inherent power of this statement, it would have inspired him with the courage of his conviction in that crucial moment when he washed his hands, but not his conscience. Yeah. Understood would have put to flight the Jewish rabble, for error is always a coward in the presence of truth. And a quote from one man of you, one statement of truth shall chase a thousand mortal beliefs. And a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Truth demonstrates the ideal home. Within its walls, love entertains the stranger, washes the feet of the pilgrim, and feeds from its sumptuous board those who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Truth inspires man confidence not only in himself but in his brother. Truth enables woman to find her true womanhood and man to realize his true manhood. Truth brings to its possessor the innate charm of loveliness and beauty, outshining and transcending all material or physical adornment. Anyway, I think that is so beautiful. And the pages in this week's lesson, any of them, are from pages 244 to 248 in Science and Health, which handle all the beliefs of age, all the beliefs of growing old and ugly and decrepit, all of those um, to know that you have power of an endless life with all the goodness that that implies. There's another article that I love. It's called Liquidation of Poundage by Peter V. Ross. And this, <laughs> and it handles the belief, you know, that you're either too big, too fat, or too thin. Um, 
He says, do not forget that the lines are fallen to you in undeviating comeliness. In other words, you are duly proportioned, and that right now. Certainly the avoir du poids will fall away. It is mental, is it not? Therefore, keep reminding yourself how queenly you are. These are a dynamic truth, and the truth when declared is like the atomic bomb. It vaporizes error. So, anyway, we have much in this lesson, in our books, our textbook, choice in and to use. I know we're coming close to the end. Um, so, Gary has can, can I say that related to that, this, you guys also have in that great website, that article age, it is yes. so amazing. I always rec uh, think myself as ageless instead of age for the article, because that's what it is really about. But it is so wonderful. I just wanted to mention that, as well as that great quote um, from Jesus. Many of the translations say, and the truth shall set you free. And I think that's so much accurate because we are already made free. So when he says he will make you free, but we are already made free. But it sets you free, it reminds us that we need to, you know, keep watch and keep, keep very keen to keep free as we were made already. So just wanted to share. Thank you. That's beautiful. And um, this whole lesson I went and underlined, you know, the words good, beautiful, vigor, freshness, promise, wisdom, beauty, holiness, the radiance of soul, charms of being, shining, resplendent over and eternal over age and decay. And then charms of his goodness and expression, form, outline, color. It's just beautiful to think of yourself in that regard, because that is the truth of every one of you. Dang, dang, dang. Dang, dang, dang. Okay, <laughs> yes, Gary's going to end. This is a beautiful article. We'll put this whole thing on, our, on the um, carousel because we can't read the whole thing. Beautiful. Article from the December 1896 issue of the journal titled Harvest Leaning. It's about, it's about a lot of things, but he's going to read. It's about a, a singer. Well, part of it is about a singer. <laughs> Jenny Lynn. Jenny Lynn. Jenny Lynn. From, from Sweden. She was Swedish. And a, and a beautiful singer and a Christian scientist. Anyway. No, not, not a Christian scientist. A, a, a Christian. Yes, a Christian. Anyway, it says. The golden text of character is in Colossians 3rd, quote, Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of Christ, end quote. If this is the law of our lives, and if we are sincere and honest, we will carry the healing to others. Jenny Lind was once was asked what she thought about when she was singing, and with a shining face she answered, Oh, I always sing to God. A touching incident in the life of this great singer and Christian woman illustrates the scripture passage just quoted. One stormy day, many years ago, a train was plowing its way through the snowdrifts that had piled themselves high in the Mohawk Valley in New York State. 
Many passengers were aboard, and the outlook was a dubious one. In one of those old-fashioned cars where wood stoves sent out their feeble heat, a promiscuous crowd of men, women, and children were trying to make themselves as comfortable as possible. The conductor told them that in all probability it would take them several hours to cut through the drifts. Night came on. The smoky lamps were lighted. Hungry children became frightened, and their wails filled the car, adding to the discomfort. Two or three rough men began to curse loudly, and one poor sick woman, whose heart was heavy, because of the anxiety she knew the loved ones at home were feeling, grew faint through her suffering. Finally, through the din was heard what seemed the voice of an angel. So pure and sweet was it, singing the dear old hymn so familiar to everyone. Quote, Rock of ages, left for me, let me hide myself in thee. End quote. Before she had sung many lines of the hymn, every other sound in the car was hushed. And before the last word was sung, the children had nestled down quietly for sleep, softly weeping because of joy in the rest in the rest the singer brought them. The men who had cursed God for their ill luck were seen to slyly wipe their eyes, and the patient invalid found fresh strength and was heard to whisper while the color came back to her lips, Let me hide myself in thee. Down in the far end of the car, where the wind seemed to have a fiendish delight in creeping under the door, sat the singer, a little old-fashioned-looking woman, plainly dressed in brown. But the face was beautiful, with the love light that illumined it. Him after him rolled through that car, and not once was the hush broken, until the conductor appeared announcing the fact that relief had come and they would soon reach their destination. In the peaceful quiet that followed, a little child voice called out, Mama, is God here? Through Jenny Lind, that time of need, God sent rest to every heart in that car. When the invalid reached home, she told of how she kept growing better, how the pain left her, and that she never before felt so near to God. This is what one life did in one way. Every individual, no matter what their talents, can do God's work in little kindness, in healing, and preaching. If Christian science is in the most humble heart, it will radiate love. Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of Christ. And an excerpt from a poem, quote, We should be lights shining in the darkness of material sense, drawing others into this haven of rest, shining because we are walking in the sun's unclouded rays, and we cannot help reflecting the light on which we gaze shining because it shineth so warm and bright above that we must let out the gladness 
and we must show forth the love. End quote. The beautiful hand that dear Carrie found for us. So, so beautiful. And thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.